1: Hello, everyone. I'm Molly Wood. Oh, and me? (laughs) I'm just Tom Merritt. Welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you, where we are committed to our mission of helping our listeners scale new heights and achieve goals they never thought possible. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Welcome to our (laughs) TED Talk (laughs) slash, like funder credits. Yeah, With the Robert Man, J. Wood helping Foundation our
0: listeners scale <laughs> new heights and achieve goals they never thought possible.
1: Uh, hilarious.
0: Hey, have you uh seen this Netflix show Squid Game? Nope.
1: But apparently well,
0: you're the only one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Netflix called it out at the Code Conference as being its number one show right now, said it might even become the number one show all time in the US. If you haven't heard about it, it's a Korean show, but it's Netflix only. So it's not one of the Netflix co-productions. Often Netflix will do co-productions with TVN or SBS uh, or something like that. So it'll be on TV in Korea and on Netflix. This is just Netflix, which means they could get a lot more violent, basically, uh, show things that they could never show on Korean TV. Uh, And I think it's also dubbed. So if you're like, I'm not into subtitles, you can just have it speak to you in English. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's a it's a kind of a black mirror premise. Uh, People who are deeply in debt or in trouble decide to join this game. It's all kid games, and they want to win money, but there's a you know an element of eliminating the competition. It's, a, it's about nine episodes long.
1: Wait, like literally I, eliminating? Literally?
0: Yeah. Well, yes. Spoiler. I'm yes. so sorry.
1: Well, it says it right here. I know your meme that it's... <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, well, Eesh. and that's the thing, is it has become the show of the moment on Netflix so much that not only are there memes around kids games from within the movie like red light green light uh but also people who've never seen the show uh trying their hand at memes because they hear everybody talking about squid game and they're like ah okay here's a picture of some squids on a bus seat they're coming home from the games i don't know i've never seen the show
1: they're right totally what in the whoa okay (laughs) i saw a clip what i so wait this is on the tv at this exact moment
0: this is released on Netflix like two weeks ago.
1: Oh, my God. How did I miss this? Ugh, I've been down. Squid Game. Wow. Squid Game. The one on the the squid on the bus seats, by the way, just as a try your hand. A squid game is really funny.
0: And honestly, I was late to the squid game uh, because... You
1: should have done it last week.
0: <laughs> well, that for sure. But also, Eileen and I saw it. And Eileen is my resident expert on Korean television. She tells me if it's good or not. She was very skeptical. I think there was a little, a little inbuilt bias on our part of like, well, I mean, it's, a, it's not actually on TV. It seems so popular with the people who don't even know the Korean TV. We got, we got pretentious about it. Uh-huh. And then uh, I heard about it from a bunch of other people. Finally, Lamar Wilson was the one who made a reference to it. Uh, and I was like, all right, fine. All right. If Lamar's into it, I'm Let's watch it. So we watched it, binged it in like two days.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look. This is fascinating. I'm just like clicking every link here and I'm down the rabbit hole to what the what? Yeah. It's, it's good. It's, children's it's a good games story too. Oh yeah. Yeah. This looks great. Yeah, Cause it's
0: got the creepy, like adults playing children's game. It's got the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the sort of the extreme elimination, uh, violence situation, <laughs> Uh, it's, it's got some social commentary about, you know, people being caught up in debt and able, unable to get out of it, willing to do anything. Um, there's a a character that escaped from North Korea. That's one of the characters. So yeah, it's good stuff.
1: Okay. And then of course, tons of memes and TikToks and all of that, which is fabulous. Oh yeah.
0: No, the the TikToks are still going strong.
1: I'm like a little embarrassed that I missed all of this, although I guess it speaks to a, a you know, diminished screen time which I'm happy about. That seems like a good sure, thing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also too much television.
1: Maybe. Maybe. Yeah.
0: There's just too much out there. You can't you can't keep up with all of it.
1: Ugh, though, that show looks so good, which leads me Wait, right ugh? into my next thing, which hmm, is <laughs> Ugh, Tom, I love your show so much. Wait, but you said Ug? I love the sh Ugg, so do you love dude, it or You not? should see these new Uggs I got. They're so great. I love them. <laughs> That's the best.
0: Now I'm really confused. Are your feet warm, but you're disgusted? Or are you happy?
1: I Ugg, can't tell. My Uggs are the best. <laughs> yeah, so apparently there's this new thing where it's opposite Landia in texting among millennials and Gen Z. And UGH, U-G-H, now is a good thing. And you will get these. And I know this because I got three in a row. Like one was about the trailer for the new podcast and one was about something else and one was another. And they were all from basically people who are like Gen Z or right on the cusp of young, young millennials. And all of them were like, UGH, I love this. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't understand. Are you mad about how much you like it? I think it actually goes hand in hand with, like, I'm, you know, I mean, there is this sort of, like, I like this so much I'm mad about it. But then there's also just, like, I'm dead. And so I think you could kind mm-hmm. of see how it would evolve into just this sort of negative. But it's so funny because if you look at, like, Webster's, bless their heart, they're still behind the curve. And you look up the UG definition and it's, like, used to express horror, disgust, or repugnance. Nope, not anymore. That's over now. Now you mean it in a good way.
0: Uh, this yeah. is a normal inflection point of language, okay? Uh, Omg, <laughs> were you
1: just flip flop? Whereas opposite day,
0: <laughs> yeah, things things go from being expressions of negativity to being expressions of em- of emotion to being expressions of positivity quite frequently. Uh, Omg, like, oh my god, that's bad. Was a was a like a thing you would only say in extreme duress. And now is like, oh my god, it's so cool, right? An even better example is the word "terrific." Yes. Terrific is based on terrifying. It was originally used to mean this is a horrible, terrifying <laughs> thing. It's terrific. Same with and awesome. now we mean it's great.
1: It's right. terrific. Yep. No, it's uh, that's actually completely true. And even just things like "sick." That's sick, which is a good thing. Oh, they, Or, that's or a the great old, one. you know. Yeah. The, the old, in the olden days, when it would be like, that's bad. And it meant Sometimes good. I mean, bad that, is bad that's probably the Lewis most sang. on the nose example of the phenomenon that we're talking about, where bad literally means bad. And then it meant good. Good job, English language. But yes. So, UG has made the circle. I guess if you think yeah. of words as being in some sort of an orbit throughout their existence, then they will eventually circle. You know, they'll reach the the far side of the plane. Where they mean the opposite and maybe circle back around to what they originally meant. And currently, Ugh is far out there in the universe and they it lock.
0: is a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. Yep. Will it be terrific or bad? Because bad held on to its main meaning.
1: Yeah. It that right? was a that was a short lived because it was almost too absurd. Yeah. Terrific. I could totally, see totally flipped. UGG I could see "ug" to introduce a happy thought sticking around for a while and because and it Ugg sort of gets at this just a, like, UGG, a, I wish I had made that or, you know. It's
0: an onomatopoeia too. It's not really a word like, mm. per se.
1: So there's uh, that, right. Uh, it has that going for it. That it's not actually a word. So you can do whatever you want with it. Yep. Ugh, I love that.
0: Also, there's a lot of languages where uh or mm or uh is a yes. So it could like jump yeah. international. Ugh UG right. could just become an international good word. The
1: international sign of approval. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. uh college
0: core on. is my next thing. Uh it's it's not new. First, first showed up mm-hmm. on the radar in, in December uh, 2020. Uh, goes with hygge, which we've talked about on the show before. Uh, but it seems to be having a resurgence, probably because we're headed into the fall. So you're getting a bunch of places starting to write there like winter is coming. Get ready for for winter. cottage mm-hmm. core uh, think pieces out there. But I wanted to note that I'm seeing that pop up again. Uh, and also there was a Washington Post uh, opinion piece just talking about using core four things in general, like taking totally. hardcore and, and adapting it and just adding core to stuff. <laughs>
1: yep. That is actually totally true. I thought that we had maybe tackled cottage core, but maybe we did it in a roundabout way because we were talking about things like we the tackled nap a lot of things related to lights. it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've talked it, right. Exactly. We've been circling the drain of cottage core for a while, but that's funny <laughs> that you mentioned it because I saw Uh, The greatest thing that I have seen in a long time the other day, which was Lil Nas X, um, perennial thing, doing a cover of Jolene, Dolly Parton's Jolene. Mm. And she tweeted about how wonderful it was. So, that was freaking amazing. But the video is – I was watching the video of him singing it, and by the way, it is incredible and totally delightful and so pure. And – the surroundings are like the most cottage core thing you've ever seen. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow, cottage core is still going strong as evidenced by Tom picking it up and putting in the rundown for today, because the man is nothing if not right on the pulse. I try to America. be,
0: I try to be, yeah. uh, and, uh, and, and we both try to be, and we both are honestly, at Bali, I, I feel like something, <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. Uh, my pulse follows your beat every metaphor that i we just, could think but, of that involved pulse was just kind of gross so i was like ah, it, yeah
1: pulse mm, mm, pulse yeah. yeah pulse doesn't really lend itself to a lot of things it yeah, turns out bloody. there's no there's no pulse core yeah kind of <laughs> pulse vocabulary from which it sounds to like pull. a
0: horror horror genre <laughs> pulse core a lot of pulsing blood <laughs> uh, but yeah, cottage core. I, I thought it was worth identifying because we have talked about so many ancillary things like Huga and the flowery dresses and all all of that, and 100%. and the core, the dash core, the water gating of dash core.
1: Yes, core is the new gate. Yeah, one hundred percent. But also, really, truly, I'm not even kidding. I thought specifically those words when I was watching that video. Like, wow, I guess cottage core is still going. Cause, yeah. of Lil, cause if little cause if little Dot, if Lil Nas X is doing it, you know, it's like, oh, it's, yeah, it's Ding-a-rama-ding-dong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, bless. Love him. Um, so my next thing is, uh, mushrooms in lots of different ways. Okay. One that <laughs> mushrooms
0: served three ways by our chef mush- Molly Wood.
1: <laughs> oh, bravo. Well done. Um, no mushroom So magic mushrooms. Exactly what you're all thinking. And that is also exactly what I mean. There is all of a sudden, uh, right, like real credence being given all these years after Michael Pollan's book about, uh, it's called How to Change a Mind. And it's all about psilocybin and hallucinogenics and their use historically in research in treating depression. And -hmm. then he has a whole long chunk about mushrooms. And It's been a while since he wrote that book, but it really was about like how how overlooked these uh, drugs are in terms of their ability to be used to treat things like depression and also to sort of like ease the existential pain of people who are dying, like all kinds of real health benefits. And all of a sudden, I think because Netflix made a documentary called Fantastic Fungi, that it was just a huge hit over the summer, I think it came out. Um, actually it's from 2019, but it got a bunch of attention this past summer. And it also talks about the kind of benefits of psilocybin and mushrooms as hallucinogenics. And so all of a sudden, like in California and Florida and even a little bit at the federal level, there's, there's resurgence and talk about not just decriminalizing mushrooms for like fun, like they are in California, but also authorizing at long last like real studies and the and and all these scientists are like we've never seen such a quick like dramatic shift in public opinion in terms of using these um hmm. psilocybin for treatment especially for de- treatment of depression like lots of people have been trying doing ketamine treatment mm-hmm. for depression which is supposed to be like really 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 effective and so they're they're it's just like all of a sudden mushrooms like they're good again
0: <laughs> well th- I got a few thoughts on that. One is that with the normalization of marijuana that has stunningly happened over the last 20 years, uh, it feels like that's a natural follow on is that some of the less harmful and and on balance, probably positive uh, drugs like psilocybin would get revitalized Mm -hmm. because if because the reefer madness era is what led them to. Crack down on things like cocaine was not even controlled for a while in in U.S. history. Yeah, uh, and so they they just went mad uh, against all kinds of recreational drugs as a way. It, it's it's like it's like speeding. It, it's a way to catch people for other things. Uh, is right. is to like crack down the, on everything. The
1: gateway drug theory. Yeah. The mm-hmm. kinds of
0: people who do this are the kinds of people we want to stop from doing things and control their behavior. Well. So. You know let's let's crack down and that could be racial also, but it could not. also be class and uh it could be undesirables of any sort uh whatever era you're in so just having that card in your pocket is is a great way for society to control whoever it is that you're trying to control and i and that that mixed in with actual legitimate uses of like actually these these drugs are dangerous uh and need to be controlled so it, it, it's it's that you could always defend the control of something like psilocybin because of heroin. And so now we've loosened up on that and we're like, hey, you know what? There is a difference between heroin and psilocybin.
1: I also would not understate the role of capitalism and pharmaceuticals in this, like at all. I mean, a big part of the reason that a lot of this research has been blocked had everything to do. Like, in fact, the reason that marijuana was criminalized was fundamentally racist in nature. It's because indigenous Mm -hmm. people and even actually Mexicans coming over, you know, way back in the 1700s used marijuana medicinally. And it was sort of like, Oh, okay. Well, we're going to, we're going to take this tool away from these people. Right. There's this sort of long history that now includes the fact that companies are making tons of money selling us all kinds of antidepressants and anxiety medication. And here exist these natural remedies that they are not interested in exploring. And that's been a big part of this too. But then the other thing that's super interesting about mushrooms right now is that also because of, I think this documentary and the book, everybody's also gotten super fascinated by the mycelium network, which is the fact that like mushrooms send their roots down and their roots are like, these insanely magical networks. It's literally like natural internet. They connect all of the trees, like mycelium networks. There's one that's considered the largest living organism. I think it's like 300 square miles and it connects trees so that trees can communicate with each other. Like they're like, Oh, one tree will be like, Oh, I'm thirsty. And another tree a hundred yards away, or even a mile away will be like, Oh, no problem. I'll send you some nutrients, particularly if the one tree had descended from the other. Like they're discovering that mycelium networks are like this incredibly powerful force. Like if you watch this documentary, you may come away with it from it being like mushrooms might be God. Because as (laughs) the chat has brought up, there's also this stoned ape theory, which is that some scientists think that, you know, the human ancestors, apes. Like, we're eating psilocybins, and that it was created because they've also deterred, they're using, they're studying mushrooms for like Alzheimer's treatment because they think they can repair neural networks. And so they're like, oh, there's this theory that prehistoric humans were eating hallucinogenic mushrooms and creating neural pathways. And that's partly what might have led to the great leap forward in human evolution, like our ability to use tools and reason and think and like develop. I mean, it, it's kind of like, I mean, you know, I don't know. Let me just simplify here. Mushrooms are a thing.
0: Mushrooms are a thing. That's the bottom line here.
1: (laughs) It's the bottom line. Absolutely. I can clearly go on for a while about mushrooms, but I'll stop now and say, this is "Is the the danger of
0: documentaries. And I'm not speaking against documentaries. Documentaries are excellent, but like mushrooms, they should be used responsibly because the documentary (laughs) can make you believe something is more true than it is if you're not careful. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Uh, but you what? are spot on. Uh, that <laughs> that mushrooms are are definitely a thing. And and uh, the first season of Star Trek Discovery, they were they were on that mycelial network thing. They were using that. Uh, that's the basis of the of the, the the warp drive that they use to flip instantly from one place to another.
1: They're using mycelium based materials um, for architecture in Rwanda. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fascinating fascinating yeah. and that's uh using thank you for cautioning style- the audience that you may watch this documentary and come away thinking mushrooms are god i think that's an important <laughs> I mean, tom
0: bless <laughs> i mean it, it stop think about it if it still feels true that's great i'm not telling you what to think uh-huh. just you know just, just, okay. just make
1: sure oh, make sure okay. you're careful let's but move on but, to but what i was going to say oh, yes, is yes. uh
0: For a long time, there have been indications that not only uh, psilocybin, but lysergic acid uh, and LSD, uh, could be useful in treating not only depression, but alcoholism and and lots of other diseases. But you could never get momentum to get that research done because of the Controlled Substances Act. So, yeah, it's it's good that that's loosening up. Very good.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. All right.
0: All right. Feedback? To the feedback. <laughs> I think the <laughs> Skype is, is like messing with us and being like, let me delay them just enough. So they'll say exactly there
1: is at the same time. A little bit of a delay. I know I can hear it and I can hear you breaking up a little bit. So clearly Skype was annoyed with us because we were making fun of Microsoft Teams earlier. Mm, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you, you take this first one from, uh, <laughs> okay. that was sent to us at feedback at it's a
0: uh, Lily on Micro Stores uh, recently came across uh, this podcast because she needed more of Molly's commentary in her life. Hmm. The daily episodes of Make Me Smart have been a lifeline during the pandemic. And I've got to admit that it's strange to hear Molly and Tom instead of Molly and Kai, <gasps> but I'm adapting and enjoying getting to know Tom. Well, Lily, thank you.
1: and it's Oh my nice God, to get to audience crossover. This is so cool, Lily. You're the best. Lily
0: wanted to add two more examples for the Micro Store thing. First, Toys R Us. In mid-August, they emailed some loyal customers like my mom, the ever-devoted grandma, with the news that Toys R Us would be selling through Macy's. Mm -hmm. My gut reaction, what better way to save a flailing company than join up with one that we all thought went extinct? (laughs) They're selling Toys R Us online through Macy's and also opening toy shops within 400 Macy's stores. Another related example for this micro-store thing, have you heard of Argos? It's a catalog-based store model in the UK owned by one of the major grocery store brands, kind of like the inverse of Amazon and Whole Foods, where the grocery store adds the other thing. Uh, The retail shop portion is just a lobby with virtual or paper catalogs, although paper catalogs were phased out over time, and the majority of the physical footprint is taken up by stock in the back. They also have a hub and spoke model that distributes merchandise to where customers are picking it up so that they don't need all the stock everywhere, but in the before times could typically get it there by the end of the day. I used to travel regularly to London for work and would sometimes buy toys there that I couldn't find readily back home in the U S when I picked up my online order. I mostly spent time gawking at the parts of their operations. I could see because it was fascinating as a business model. Anyway, why is this relevant to the micro store thing? Argos was bought by a major grocery store chain several years ago, and they have small shops in some of the grocery stores, from a quick news search, it appears that they've decided to close all of their standalone stores and keep only these concessions in wow. the grocery stores. In some microstores is definitely a thing. And thanks for all the entertaining things.
1: Oh, that is amazing. Also, just still loving the audience crossover. That is so great. Um, Indeed. Let's Indeed. see. Argus reminds Gabby. me of Dolgen's.
0: Did you ever have Dolgen's?
1: No, it's a dolgen.
0: Although it was more it had more of a store, uh more of a store area than it sounds like Argos ever did, but it was it was catalog order store, so they'd only have one of everything on the shelf. And then they would go get it for you if they had it and you could do catalogs and stuff.
1: Oh, which is actually kind of like those Amazon Prime stores now.
0: Oh yeah, kind hmm. of.
1: Yeah. Fascinating. Everything old is new again. Gabby mm. and another Jay Martin wrote in to say uh, wrote in on the topic of advent calendars to say that Lego advent calendars producer Rich note they are technically December Christmas countdown calendars since Advent starts on the fourth Sunday before Christmas often before the start of December <clears throat> and that they are a major thing with yearly themes this year uh, report Gabby and Jay Martin they have a Star Wars themed calendar with the Mandalorian and spoilers Grogu in ugly sweaters mm. adorable uh i'm just i mean i might have to stop talking and order like seven of these right now (laughs) there's also a harry potter one and new this year a marvel themed one that has thor with a scarf and a tony stark robot with a stocking (laughs) how do i miss all of this in my thing research my thing search
0: this reminds me of my grandma because she made us calendars for christmas uh and uh She had one and my mom had one that we had up where we would get to put an ornament on the tree. Uh, It was felt, though. It was like she had sewn them all with sequins and little things. And so there'd be a little ornament with a pin and you'd put it up on the tree every day until you had decorated the tree by the end of the day on the 24th. But she was clear that it was not an advent calendar because of exactly uh, (laughs) the fact that it's not the fourth Sunday before Christmas that it starts on because it always started on the first.
1: Wow, you guys know a lot of stuff about Christmas. I had no idea that it was like the fourth Sunday. News to me. But yeah. good news to me because that means, you know, bust open the wine advent calendar that much sooner. Ha ha, ha. Just <laughs> kidding. But I had to say it because I'm like a lady in my 40s and apparently all we do is not? drink wine now. Ha,
0: get it? Wine why not?
1: not?
0: <laughs> uh, Landon on Brand Designer Things wrote, Hi, Tom and Molly. I just wanted to chime in on the Nimbus Sands Extended is All Over thing. I've been <laughs> noticing it everywhere as well and have been wondering when someone was going to say something. Since I work in branding and web design, I thought maybe it was just me, but I'm glad others are seeing it too. Also, another design-related maybe thing, Emily Z Emily zugay on TikTok redesigning famous logos. If you haven't seen these yet, they're worth a watch tiktok.com slash at Emily Zuguay. always love the show thank you guys thank you landon
1: i cannot even get over you design nerds this is phenomenal and this then finally oh, yeah, more design things keep them coming more design things i love it and then finally joe hood needs a thing check berries and cream all right oh and that's all he says and um honestly it should be sounds like a great yeah, thing
0: certainly mm-hmm. it, anything and cream frankly
1: yeah <laughs> Well, no, I'm doing my uh, I'm doing my usual level of thing. But yeah, search. is there
0: is there a is there a is there thing movement? Berries and cream obviously are a thing, but are they a thing? That's the question.
1: Uh, have they have they spiked? See.
0: Have they risen in our consciousness? Have they returned? Yes,
1: they have. All right,
0: all right, uh, good job, wait, Joe.
1: Because no, apparently it's a meme. Berries and cream ah, as a meme, the funniest version. So wait a second, do you mean the food? He means the meme. Clearly. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he means the meme. Yep, it's gone massively viral. Okay, so here's the uh, thing-tomology. This week, Dixon and Spanos, I'm reading from Yahoo Entertainment, there's apparently a podcast about things or something that Yahoo does? <sighs> you wish. They're talking about the rise of the berries and cream meme, which originates from a 2007 Starbursts commercial, and has gone massively viral on TikTok, spawning countless remixes and parodies. The Little Lad, the bowl-cutted Victorian child, played by choreographer and actor Jack Fervor in the original commercial has also garnered a massive fan following as a result. Uh, Okay. Okay, good to know. I didn't, I had totally missed this one. Now I accidentally started it. Oh God. Oh, stop, stop.
0: Now I feel like Joe knew that and was testing us.
1: I know, what a stinker. (laughs) He didn't want to check at all. He just wanted to know if we knew.
0: (laughs) Well, you win this round, Joe Hood.
1: Well played, Joe Hood. Hey, speaking of Joe, I think he's going to show up in a couple of seconds here In the shout-outs. Indeed,
0: because the patrons at our top level get shouted out on the show. And we don't just settle at this show for saying your name. No, 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 no. Uh, Rich Droffolino handcrafts artisan small batch shout-outs just for you this week's based on the description of Dairy Queen's red velvet blizzard.
1: Wow. (laughs) I mean, I'm already hungry. And once again, let me just say, producer Rich is the greatest. Here we go. Once this sweet Benjamin Forrest touches your Mike Akins, you may think to yourself, how do they pack so much of the indulgent taste of Lee Price into every bite of the Kevin Sill Blizzard of the month? Why, with Eric Duncan, of course.
0: That's the only way to create the perfect balance of rich Jake Woods pieces, silky Joe Hood icing, and smooth vanilla Gabriel Cohen. It really is Louis St. Amour in a cup. This James C. Smith is sure to impress someone special with a sweet tooth.
1: Also, uh, I we are delighted to announce that we have a new shout-out patron that will start getting shout-outs next episode. We are thrilled to grow these ranks, and I know that our new patron is so excited to be touching another patron in a carefully <laughs> crafted custom shout-out.
0: <laughs> SCW Login Discord is like, that has strong adult content energy. Yeah, anytime anytime <laughs> there's tasting food metaphor, it, gets, uh, it, 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 it skates right on that raggedy head. For sure.
1: I mean, look it—it it passed the nine-year-old test until you started talking about it. Right, right, yeah. The it's, nine-year-old never would have caught on.
0: Nope, <laughs> nope. So just say I don't know what they're talking about if you are trying to explain this. I don't know what they're the talking show. about. Why
1: are they laughing? I don't understand. <laughs> they're not.
0: They're not. It's a. Uh, it's an adult joke. You'll get it's it when you are older. You'll have get it when you are older. <laughs>
1: Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to It's a Thing, for supporting us at any level. Members, of get course, get access to our Discord, where you can watch live and get the bonus content and an ad-free RSS feed. Patreon.com slash It's a Thing is where you can join the club.
0: And don't forget that email address, feedback at Thing.me. Send them.
1: Send them. Send them. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.